Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Divot Room. I'm Chris, and with me today via Zoom is Todd. How you doing, dude? Super. Yeah? How you feeling with the COVIDs? Well, I'm 10 days in, and I can go to work tomorrow. Perfect. Sounds amazing. I can't wait. Yeah, just get back to the grind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to ask you if you play golf, because I know the answer for no, that. No, I haven't. I've been fucking in my house. Well, not <laughs> fucking in my house, just fucking stuck in my house. Me and Kathy Joy are sick of each other. Dogs, <laughs> dogs are tired of me, sort of. <sighs> I doubt the dogs are tired of you. No, they probably Moses. He's like my my new best friend. We do everything together now. <laughs> How about you? I, yeah, I've just been busy. Been working a lot and uh, got softball first thing tomorrow morning. So it, it is what it is, man. It's fun. It's good though. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, let's. Like, it, it seems like the man, the working man, is tired of working. Like got Ridgefield teachers on strike. You had the rail workers getting ready to strike. Everyone, yeah. The working man is done. Yeah, there's a lot of us that are just spent. Man. Hanging by a thread. Yeah, yeah. All right, enough of that. Let's give a shout out to our sponsors, Sisters Meet and Smokehouse. I'm wearing their sweatshirt right now, dude. Sisters Meet oh, and yeah. Smokehouse and Sisters Oregon on Spruce. Swing into Sisters and grab yourself some ground beef. It's some of the best around. Grab some chicken, some pepperoni sticks, and beef jerky. Sisters meet smokehouse can't beat her meat. All right, dude. Let's. We've got a big show today, uh, so we got to blow through some things because we want to get to the meat of the topic here, and that's uh, we've got a special interview. So those of you that are listening, continue listening because we have Xander Shoffley's caddy, Austin Kaiser. We interviewed him a few days ago, and we've got that interview coming up here in just a little bit. So stick around. But we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about some current news. Uh, and once again, a lot of this revolves around live. Yeah. Uh, I saw an article, uh, and I wish I would have delved a little bit more into it, but it looked like maybe Jimmy Walker, he's been on injury, mm. and it looks like maybe Jimmy Walker, instead of coming back to golf at the PGA Tour, he might go to live. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know the... Uh, the validity to that, but it sounds like that might be potential for him to to come back from his whatever injury he was having and can go to, go to live. Well, so. somebody was hawking the rumor that there was a top ten golfer from the PGA headed there, and I wonder if they meant top ten five years ago before <laughs> the bug bite. Didn't he get? Uh, yeah, he had Lyme disease. Yeah. Yeah, it so. it could be maybe maybe a former top ten player in the world. Yeah, yeah, there's quite a few of them out there. So uh, yeah, because Rom he he squashed that. He says he no whoever because there were some people like yes I've never been wrong about who's going to live and I'm telling you it's Rom and then Rom tweeted out well you're now wrong. Yeah. Now we have another big blockbuster addition to live. Um, Pooge. <laughs> Pooge. This guy's been playing with him as an amateur, and he has decided to forego his senior season at Arizona State University and join Liv full-time as a professional. He probably wow. saw all those guys getting paid, and he's like, what the hell? I want my payday. You know, There was what? an article. Of, it was a no-brainer for him. I'm not going to read it, 
but because I don't care. Good for him. Of I mean, what are the chances of you getting on the PJ tour when you go from ASU? Is what not even the number one man? He maybe would have been this year mm-hmm. as a senior, but he wasn't this year. And to get guaranteed millions of dollars, it'd be hard. No, well, I'd be hard pressed to not be able to to do that. No, it's not guaranteed unless they gave him a contract. But I doubt he's he ain't worth a million dollars. No, let's sign him. No, he didn't get shit. They're letting him play for one hundred twenty five thousand dollars each week. You think so? That's what you get, bro. <laughs> I mean, 15 tournaments, that'll be a million dollars. Yeah. And maybe when they start bringing five over, maybe when they start bringing that TV money that Greg Norman's talking about, then, then maybe he'll get paid a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Apparently there's what? Three different networks knocking on the door, trying to get the contract Four. Four. Greg Norman said there's four. Nice. Uh, Um, the the CW, um, the the food network, (laughs) <laughs> he, he went travel channel he went, to, he went to the school of donald trump just make shit up he, he can't <laughs> say but there's people like just like throwing piles of money to be able to uh air it and amazon and apple said they were approached and they said no thanks oh really so yeah, so so amazon and to okay so stream it like through prime or Exactly. Like the football game last night? Correct. And they said, no, thanks. Yeah. Did you watch the football game on Prime last night? Oh, yeah. You did? It was amazing. Yeah. I, I didn't. I, My uh, Lenore has Prime, and I and I don't, because what's the point in both of us having it? And and I was at work. She should have, you should have said, honey, what's the password? Well, I, I should have. But I didn't. I it was it was checked. a very entertaining game, other than watching uh, Herbert run around with like seven broken ribs, a <laughs> lacerated spleen, a punctured abdomen, and other that. than that, I did geez. see that on ESPN. I was watching highlights, and it's like, oh gosh, you're gonna lose this game. Don't don't sacrifice your quarterback because he's good. Yeah, and Chase Daniels, I think he started a total of like three games in the NFL and he's been in the NFL for like 18 years or something. 13 or 14, I think. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's just perennial backup making millions of dollars. He was a great quarterback in college. Do you know where he went to school? Mizzou. Yeah, there you go. I I remember him. He was good. He was good. Oh, dude. Stuart, Stuart and Reagan broke up. How is that <laughs> probably got to be the hardest thing in the world to to not just fire your caddy, mm. but when your son is the caddy? Oh gosh, fired his son. Son, this is a life lesson. Okay, I'm gonna have to fire you. <laughs> Stuart Sink cracked. Quote: He threw in his Johnny King towel. Unquote. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it sounds like. They're like, son, you got a degree in industrial engineering from Georgia Tech. Why don't you go get a fucking real job at Delta? <laughs> He's like, okay. 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 Okay, dad. Okay, dad. Well, and and Stuart's like, listen, bro, I'm going to be on this champions tour. 
and the winner gets 200,000. You're going to make $75,000 next year. All right. Go spread your wings. <laughs> so you think it was for Reagan's benefit? Probably. That's what they say. He, they, they hate him. <laughs> he, he moved in when COVID happened, and they're fucking sick of him. <laughs> Uh-oh, Reagan <laughs> might sue me for defamation. <laughs> uh, you know, when Reagan says, yeah, I live in my parents' basement, he still has a larger house than any of us. <laughs> oh, absolutely. More toys, absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Joel Damon, uh, I saw an article that he wrote. Uh, it was a story, basically. It was published in an article, I believe. But uh, he wrote a pretty amazing uh, story about his mom and the impact that she had on his life. And uh, I would encourage any of you guys out there to just Google Joel Damon uh, article about his mom. I can't remember what it was called, but um, his mom died of cancer. Uh, his brother had testicular cancer. Uh, Joel Damon discovered that he had testicular cancer shortly after his brother, maybe a few years. Uh, and then his mom died of cancer and, and I can't remember the timeline of it, but it's, it's a pretty beautiful article. I'd, I'd encourage you guys to, to go out and, and read that. So he wears a pretty big sombrero. And I think that's because he was worried about getting like skin cancer. Yeah. And it says, uh, it's got the can it's got cancer with it. it's crossed out. So he's mm. raises a ton of money for cancer to fight cancer. So he's a good guy. I like him. He's in this week's event, I believe. Um, at the, yes, he is. Yeah. He's playing pretty well. Uh, and he went to university of Washington. Could have been. Sounds mm. like it. Um, let's give a shout out to our other sponsor, Valley Carpet Cleaning, Carpet and Upholstery in Tri-County Portland Metro area, occasionally in Washington, Salem. You can contact them at 503-277-9169. It's Valley Carpet Cleaning. And I bet when you call that number, you're going to get the owner and operator, Tim Weathers. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, dude, let's uh, talk a little bit about Fortnite. It's going on right now. They're playing yep. the second round down in Napa, California at Silverado Resort and Spa, the North Course. Uh, it's a par 72, and yardage is right around 7,200 yards. Shorty. Defending champion is Max Homa, mm. and the designer is Robert Trent, Trent Jones Jr. It was designed in 1966, redesigned in 2011 by Johnny Miller. I'll be dang. Yeah. Have you been watching any of it? Uh, yeah, I've got the Rona. What else am I going to fucking do? But sit around and fucking watch sports. Fair enough. Thank God, because Tuesday, Wednesday is a fucking black hole of nothing. <laughs> fucking HGTV homes and fixing up and shit. All right, I digress. Sorry. Okay. All right. Uh, so we got, this is the first week of the PGA uh, Tour rookies. So we got some, we got some new names out there. We got um, Tyson Alexander. He's uh, he's doing okay. Uh, he's out of you know, he went to University of Florida. Um, mm -hmm. Had the opportunity to to meet him at, at one point in time. Uh, no comment on that. Um, mm, wow. <laughs> well, 
What happened? Oh, nothing. Come on, be you know, honest. you know. I mean, you just kind of meet some professional people like that, and sometimes there's just they just kind of rub you the wrong way. Like, dude, I, you're 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 fine. Whatever. He was just kind of being a little bit of a smartass. I don't really care. Okay. It doesn't bother me, but it was just kind of like, eh. If you ever make it to the PGA Tour, I'm not going to be a fan. Um, All right. Nice. Canceled. (laughs) Eric Barnes. I was really pulling for him to to get off to a good start. Uh, Friends of uh, Tim Madigan. Uh, He's currently tied for 125th at plus three. Tied with Stuart Sink. Uh, I got got rid of Reagan and fucking that duo just. We got Kyle Westmoreland. He's the uh, first player on the PGA Tour out of uh, the Air Force Academy. Uh, he's a PGA Tour rookie. We got Paul Haley's second. Um, he's he he he's a uh, caddy in his group too. He's a nice guy. Um, I think I've mentioned him on this show several times before because he's the only tour pro I've ever seen shank like dead shank a a ball in the middle of the fairway. Fine. Um. Yeah, those are just a few of the uh, rookies that uh, will be fun to watch this year. So, none well, of them. Don't forget about my pony, Taylor Montgomery. Oh, right. Yep. Yep. I don't. He's, I don't know he's where he's at. Under for the tournament. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right. Um. Yeah. None of them. I was gonna say none of them are gonna stick out as being having a, a great year this year, but you never know. Taylor Montgomery might just. Uh, might just do it this year. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, it's always fun to see uh, the players that just got their PGA Tour card out there just a couple weeks after they just secured that from the uh, um, Corn Ferry Tour. You and I already made our picks because we knew that we weren't going to be able to record before the uh, tournament. So I'm going to run through those. Are you cool with that or you want to read our texts? No, no, you you had said last week when we were podcasting, I want to pick first, I want Homa. I want to pick first, I want Homa. I was like, Jesus, whoa, bro. Is it your pick? And you're like, I don't know. I want Homa. <laughs> I'm like, shit, okay. I don't okay. think I don't think I was that aggressive. You were pretty aggressive that one. You're, you're, you're the favorite. Well, I, I was I aggressive. Like speaking with you, or was I aggressive over text? Uh, no, we talked about it. Okay, and you were very. We didn't record it, so we can't go back and look, you know listen to the tape. Well, fair. I mean, fair enough. Okay, I mean, I I was. I mean, I'll give you a mildly aggressive. And, I, and when I when I pick, when we pick make our picks for the President's Cup, I get to pick first. America, America. <laughs> I get the next right. two picks then. Okay. So perfect. I gave you the next two picks after that. You picked Thigala and Steele. Yep. Um, then I turned around and picked Davis Riley, who is currently tied for 148th at plus seven. So I don't think he's going to be making the cut. So that was not good for me. No. Then you picked Pendrith. Then I picked McNeely. And then our alternates, you have Montgomery and Reavy, and I have Hideki Matsuyama and Kyle Westmoreland. So more to come on that. I already have one that's probably not going to make the cut. I have not checked yours. So no, I Brendan Steele is right there with with uh, Davis. They're both plus seven, and uh, I and I don't think McNeely's going to make the cut. So Max, Maximus one. Maximus has got to come through for me to win the jar. Interesting. Yeah. All right. 
So I was watching a little bit of the uh, PJ Tour live coverage, and I noticed as soon as I turned it on, I'm like, hey, that's our, that's our friend of the show, Andres Gonzalez, that's talking. And Cam Davis was on the screen, and he says, oh, yeah, Cam Davis, he lives up by me up there in Seattle. He's like, yeah, most of the tour pros are on that area, usually living down in Tacoma. He's like, so Brandon Steele, or he, he said, uh, Cam Davis, he's just up there in Seattle playing with himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I texted him and I mean he had kind of set it up a little bit more he goes you know usually you know you, it's nice to be able to play with other people like minded people other tour pros to be able to just kind of keep your you know keep keep things fresh and play with them right. and practice with them he goes and, and Cam Davis he's in Seattle and he's just playing with himself and <laughs> so I texted him I was like did you just tell everybody that Cam Davis plays with himself and he, and he said, funny. yes, sir. Got to keep it funny. So <laughs> I, I yeah. love that. Yeah. I love me some Andres. He's awesome. We got to, we got to get in touch with that guy and play some more golf. Love to. Yeah. All right. Let's talk a little bit of President's Cup because we want to kind of set the bar for, uh, or set the stage for our interview because we have an interview that we're going to play after we kind of talk about the President's Cup a little bit. Um, that's, uh, with Austin Kaiser. So Xander Shoffley's caddy, he, uh, had a little bit of time off and we were able to get in touch with him through Brian Martin, uh, the last caddy we interviewed. And so Austin had some time off before he heads off to, um, president's cup. So it's going to be in quail hollow or at quail hollow golf course, par 71 yardage is 7,600 yards, dude. <sighs> Do you know who holds the course record at quail hollow? I just looked down and saw the name Roars. Roars, yeah. So what do you know about Quail Hollow? I don't know jack shit. I'm going to look it up here. It uh, It's green. They have some bunkers. Charlotte. It's in Charlotte, North Carolina. I feel like there's a, like 18 is this dogleg left uphill, like 700 yards. Just impossible. You can't go left because there's a creek and can't go right because there's hay. It's a good finishing hole. If you're if you get to that point, but with match good play point. you might not. That's a good good point. Maybe they'll switch the nines. Maybe. Make sure people play that son of a bitch. You know Rory shot a 61 there once. It's pretty God. good. It's pretty good. And I bet if he went and played Easy Moreland tomorrow he'd shoot a 73. <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder, like, what somebody like Rory would shoot at Eastmoreland. Like, just fresh out of the car, just carrying his own bag, Mm -hmm. and just tease it up off the first tee. Like, no idea what he's getting into, right? Just first time, no caddy, no practice rounds. Just (laughs) get out there. Do you think he'd pull out a driver on the first hole? Absolutely not. He would hit it with a three iron. (laughs) He'd hit the green with a three iron. Well, it might he might have to hit his five wood. Yeah. I think it's I think it's two hundred and sixty yards ish, sixty-five yards. <clears throat> it would be amazing just to He'd either hit the green or the railroad tracks and a homeless person. <laughs> or both. Yeah. <laughs> or both. Oh man. Oh, that's too funny. All right, dude. Well, why don't we just kick it over to that interview and then uh, we'll see you guys on the other end. Mm-hmm. 
All right, everybody. So I'm Chris, and this is Todd, my podcast partner, and we are here today with Austin Kaiser, the caddy of Xander Shoffley. How you doing, Austin? Doing great. Awesome. Having my time off. Yeah. Uh, so how much time do you have off? Do you got any so, tournaments well, coming up? Last, yeah, just my last week. I mean, other than President's Cup next week, um, we'll have two weeks off after that, and then Japan, and then pretty much off. He's playing a really light schedule this fall, so gonna be a nice off season so looking forward to it very cool do you think you'll get a part-time job <laughs> yeah i don't think so you know I, I should put my resume in at like starbucks or something just so i'm not completely worthless but uh yeah, yeah. Uh, that's funny uh that's that's great all right dude let's uh let's get to uh let's get to kind of know who you are a little bit so where did you grow up and uh when did you start playing golf so I grew up in uh, Central Coast, California, a little town called Paso Robles, a little mini wine country. Not much going on there. I think our population is like 35,000 people. Um, but I, it's a small town, so everyone knows everyone, and it is a very intimate little little town, so everyone knows each other's business. So um, I grew up um, technically in Atascadero. That's where I went to high school. I started playing golf when I was six years old. My dad's an avid golfer. Um He's a scratch now, and I think he's almost 70 years old. So wow. he golfs quite a bit. So he kind of brought me into the game, and, and ever since, I've been I've been playing a lot of golf. Growing up, didn't have a lot of money to play in, like, these AJGAs and all these junior tours. So, I, you know, I basically just played local stuff, and I ended up having to go to a community college for two years and then uh, transferred to San Diego State where, you know, I met Xander and the rest is history. Luckily, I wasn't good enough to golf, so I didn't even try to pursue a professional career. So then uh, turned into a professional caddy eventually. So so did you just go, so you, you and Xander met in college, and then did mm-hmm. you, I mean, did you just make the transition straight from college to his caddy? So funny thing is I, so I, I was a major in criminal justice, so I was actually going to be a cop. And uh, I was working for his parents uh, in a little warehouse in Poway, Poway, California, just outside of San Diego. And I was working for them for about two years, kind of trying to go through the process of, you know, going to the academy. And I was about a month away from my polygraph um, with the with the, you know, police force there in San Diego. And Xander sent me an email. It was like, hey, uh, I need a caddy for Q school. I'm like, OK, why well, you? He's like, I'm interested in, you know, would you be willing to take a year off of, you know, trying to become a police officer and try this out? And I was, you know, I talked to my wife. At the time was my girlfriend, my parents, you know, everyone close to me. And they're like, dude, you got to do it. Like, he's your best friend. You're going to travel the world. There's nothing, you know, you're going to be young. You can come back and do the police if you, if you, you know, if that fails. Which kind of, to me, is like, this guy's trusting me with, you know, the start of his career, which you guys know is very important. Like, you got to get out, you know, you see all these young guns coming out, and then you see these, you know, these pipe dream guys that are really good at golf, but they just didn't get the, the breaks. So I was working for his family and then ended up, you know, he's like, all right. So we went through all the mini tour stuff. I was driving my Honda Accord. It was breaking down. You know, we were, I, we brought a hot plate with us to all these, you know, extended stays and all these dumps, you know, so I was cooking breakfast for him in the morning. We'd go play <laughs> nice. golf. It was, yeah, it was honestly, we've talked about it recently. You know, we were sitting down having dinner and we just talked about everything we went through and it was just like, dude, this is like stuff you can't make up like this cooking on a hot plate, you know, two dudes in one room sharing, like just 
slumming it basically. So, but it was probably uh, fun too at the same time, just being out on your own, right? It was, you know, it was a kind of a wake up call. Like, you know, I've always been kind of a home kid. Like, I never traveled much. I didn't get into a, an airplane until I was in college. Oh so that God. was, yeah. So I got my first airplane, our first college event, and I didn't travel much. So you know, for me, it was like this is awesome. Like I'm traveling with my best friend. We're having experiences that no one else can, you know, can have. And we were really enjoying it. And looking back, it was, it made us who we are today for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. You you did a good thing by, you know, getting that job because being a cop is a (laughs) tough (laughs) fucking job. We're both, we're both. It's an honorable profession. But uh, man, you're going to be so much healthier and happier in the long run. That's a fact. I, you know, I still talk to my recruiter quite a bit. Um, he's still here. So I get him like tickets to the farmers and all that. And I see him, you know, at least twice a year. And he goes, you still want our job? I know we will take you. And I'm like, yeah, I think I'm good. He's like, yeah, I, I, I don't blame you one bit. So, uh, you know, it was especially at the time, you know, during all the movements and everything, it was tough for, you know, law enforcement. So luckily I dodged a bullet. Um, no pun intended, but yeah, yeah it, literally it was, yeah, I'm, I'm happy where I ended up, you know, but yeah, Todd and I are both firefighters. So we kind of understand just, uh, you know, especially with that industry and, and fire industry is it's, it's yeah. hard work to get a job. So I would commend you for at least kind of putting in that work to, to get to that point. But man, you certainly made a good career path. Yeah. I have one question about Xander's dad is he as cool as he looks. He is a character. Like people need to just sit down with him for, you know, even an hour just to just listen to him talk. And he is just, he's like a human encyclopedia. Like this guy knows the most random crap that anyone could possibly know. So, I mean, he has, I could say he's made me a better person just by, you know, just being around him. And, and he keeps me on my toes because he always, you know, we kind of banter back and forth, getting in arguments, but yeah. you know, they're friends, you know, they're, uh, they're fun, you know, so he is, he is a character. Nice. I got a question. When you uh, went to San Diego State and you spent two years at a community college, were you the, the, the best guy in the community college team? Yeah, I was. It wasn't a big community college, but I actually played very well. Uh, those were probably the best years of my golf career. I think I averaged like 68. I mean, oh, the wow. course, courses aren't that hard, but. I ended up being like the statistician or the the stats leader for all the stuff for community college in all of California. So that's how I got to state, you know, I kind of duped them. They, they get me and they're like, Oh, this guy can't break 70 out here. So, <laughs> so I kind of am, I guess you can say, but uh, no, I, I played well in, in, at state too. You know, I, I only think I missed one tournament the whole time I was there. So just to make the lineups in college is tough, especially for that- you know, absolutely you're a varsity letterman man yeah that's that's something and when you went there did you know did you instantly become friends with xander or was there just like he's like i'm the big dog (laughs) yeah funny if you you ask him he told he has specifically told a lot of people he's like here i thought he was the biggest dork like i had a flat bill nike hat on like i shopped at ross so i had like you know, billabong and all this like mix match stuff <laughs> Being from California, like a Southern Cal kid with swag, you know, he's like, this guy is just a dweeb. So then, <laughs> and 
like he was honestly the last person Xander will tell you he he thought I was the last person he becomes friends with and we and we actually became the closest oh gosh oh gosh <laughs> that's okay you know we've got terrorists what, too what what's yeah, the dog's maybe. name uh I got Tucker and, and Tanner nice oh nice Tanner, look at on. them hey, you guys need to calm down come on sorry <laughs> no dude that's it's okay. great that's what makes these it's uh, what makes these uh podcasts uh, amazing yeah, you, know, <laughs> you know these are real these aren't staged at all so um but yeah sorry uh no, you're good dude but yeah so we met and uh became really close you know he dragged me out to all the practices and you know he i don't know if i became a better golfer but who knows it was fun though that's awesome. Who would you say was your childhood golf hero? I mean, I, I'm going to uh, guess maybe Tiger, but. Actually, no. Like, I did love Tiger. I loved, you know, what he did for, you know, his domination, what he did for the sport. But I grew up really liking Jason Day and Anthony Kim. Oh, nice. Um, those are the two guys I kind of followed. And, you know, and we see Jason Day quite a bit out there. So I like kind of just hanging out with him. Nice guy to me. You know, he's very friendly. So it's it's nice to kind of be around one of your heroes that people wouldn't, you know, expect. You ever seen Anthony Kim? I haven't yet, but I don't know. I'm hoping he makes Someday. it come back. <laughs> Someday. Yeah, that whole insurance thing. He can play, but he can't play. I, I don't know how long he has to wait until he can finally just say, I can play now and collect yeah. it or whatever. So I'd love to see him because he was fun. Yeah. I remember him and Tiger doing that um, at Trump National other in L.A. doing just showing each other how to hit shots. He was so good. <laughs> yeah, he is probably one of the most talented guys from what I heard, you know, and I just I see his coach that he, you know, his name's Schreiber. He was coaching him and I see him quite a bit. And, you know, he, he says Anthony's playing a lot, and you know, but obviously he, he can't play because of that insurance thing. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But. Yeah, Todd, do you want to ask him about 2016? Yeah, so uh, kind of take us through that process of, so now you're going to be a full-time caddy. Tell us a little bit about how the negotiations went. Like, you're like, okay, listen, I'm going to be full-time. I'm not going to be a cop. I got a girlfriend. You don't have to give us numbers unless you want to. But did you go and talk to other caddies? How did you guys figure out your contract? We really didn't figure out much it was more of he pays my expenses we're rooming together you know he pays all my expenses all my flights everything we need and then i would get a percentage off his winnings i think at the time it was like five percent eight percent ten percent we never until we got on pj tour but you know i think my our first year on web or our only year i think i made like sixty seven thousand dollars okay okay compared to you know he's like i think he might have made more more money than some of these players out there. <laughs> right. I did pretty well. We did we did well that year, but you know, like I said, money out there is tight. I don't know how some of these caddies stay out there and you know, there's caddies that've been out there for like, like 15 years and they're grinding. And I have so much respect for them because I would have given up by now. Like they they really enjoy caddying and they want to be out on the PJ tour. So yeah, Rat House was talking about how I think he had like a hundred bucks in his pocket and he went to Eugene Country Club to try and get a bag and found somebody to make just enough money to go to the next place. Yeah. It's dude, it's a grind out there, but you know, it's almost kind of like gambling. You know, you go into a casino, basically. It's kind of, you get that feeling sometimes where you're like, all right, let's ride this one out. Let's see how he plays, you know. So it, it, it is awesome, though. Yeah, that uh, that that first year, that 2016, you guys, you missed a, 
a tour card by a thousand bucks. Yeah. Yeah. We were the bubble boys and ended up finishing 26. So, you know, but Xander, that's just showing you what kind of person Xander is. Um, he wasn't upset or at all. You know, he's just like, let's do it in the playoffs. I'm playing well. And he's always been historically a player that is very good in the summer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can see it this year, you know, we weren't doing very much until, you know, travelers really, we didn't get our win, you know, and getting a year without a win for him is, you know, it's, it's not good. Like we, we want wins and that's why we play. So we ended up getting, you know, that travelers win and the Scottish win, which is huge for him moving forward. Yeah. So speaking of wins, what's the, what's the most exciting or favorite win that you've been on the bag for? Uh, for sure. Um, it was, and it's the only one I really didn't get paid for. So it's, it's hilarious. Like he's look at this as a job, but at the end of the day, you know, I tell everyone, I'm like, I would take second place money and a, and a trophy over first place money in a second. Uh-huh. If that makes, you know, like it, for me, it's when you can't put a price on a win, the feeling you get when, especially, you know, Olympics, when we won for essentially our country, it was the best feeling ever. I think it was the first time I've cried during a win just with the raw emotion of what happened. And, you know, people saying that he needs to start closing tournaments out. And that was like his big, you know, I'm going to close this one out, which he did. So that one was probably the most emotional and the most, you know, satisfactory win I think we've had. All right. Well, that kind of answers our next question. We're going to ask you, uh, was a gold medal or Ryder Cup victory more satisfying? So it sounds probably like yeah, the Olympics. Gold medal, the Ryder Cup one's just a different vibe. You know, it's like the only team event of the year and it's obviously – I don't know if you saw the video Xander was drinking and we were both drinking and it was the most fun I've had uh, at a tournament. I could say that for sure. You know, once we finished, it was like, all right, let's go celebrate. Cause at that point we had it locked up and, you know, watching everyone finish and everyone being so happy and just celebrating together. It's something you cannot like miss out on. It's amazing. Did you guys ever look at each other during the Ryder cup victory and be like, what the hell is going on? I can't believe we're here right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> definitely surreal you know obviously we got we got paired against rory the final day and it was like the one guy we didn't want to go against because we know you know rory can just turn it on in a heartbeat so we uh we were first off against rory and then you know it's kind of hard because we were so far ahead like to stay motivated throughout that day because it was like we just wanted to get it over with and celebrate and like have a good time but you're still trying to you know beat the guy you're against so it's a weird aspect you know so I'm looking forward to next week. A lot of pros talk about how, you know, everybody's always a little bit nervous, but at those Ryder Cup events, they say it's just this this higher level of just kind of nervousness, anxiety. Did Xander talk to this or speak to this on you to with you on the first tee and say, "Listen, I'm I'm kind of freaking out." And I doubt he ever says that. I mean, he's he's a great golfer, but can you talk to that at all? Uh, I wouldn't say I, I pay attention closely, especially like when we're in contention to, to his mannerisms, like how he breathes. Mm-hmm. And you can tell, you know, for this event, he takes a couple more deep breaths, you know, going into shots, pre-shot routine. You could tell, like, I mean, because you're sitting next to your partner there and he's watching you hit a shot, you know, whether it be alternate shot, best ball. And it's just like now I have pressure of two people in the mm-hmm. same group, you know, like so there's that added pressure. But you could tell he kind of, you know. He turns, he turns the blinders on a little bit. Like you don't see him celebrate too much. You know, mm-hmm. I think I saw a video last week where he did fist pump at the Ryder cup when he made like a 30 foot birdie putt on our fist hole. 
And that's like the most emotion you're going to get out of him, which is more than you see in a, you know, individual event. So it's seeing that side of him is awesome because I know it's in there, you know, mm-hmm. so it's kind of good to see that side of it. So. No highs, not too high, not too low. I mean, just watching you guys, I can't remember what it might have been the farmers or something, but just standing in the middle of the fairway the, you guys just look just as calm as can be down the stretch of tournaments. And, and I think it just goes to the fact you guys have been friends for so long. It's nice having that. Yeah, for sure. And that's, you know, that's something we, we focused on at travelers. I told them like the first, you know, it was the final day and we were playing with Cantley and Cantley loves playing with us because it makes them very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was more concerned. I was honestly thought Cantlay was going to play very well with us. Obviously, he didn't have the Sunday he wanted, but I was worried for him. You know, I was worried because the previous day he shot six under with us. So I'm like, this guy is feeling comfortable. So I just told him, I'm like, hey, don't get into a, a match with Pat right now. Like, Pat is going to play well, but we just need to play our own game and, and go through our routine. And w- the previous day, we I watched coverage, and I noticed we were really slow. Which is not, which is fine. You know, we're in the final group. We're being very deliberate. We're very deliberate as a as a team. You know, so we like to go cover every base. But we were just slow, like just overall. And so I told him, like, let's just speed it up and commit. Like, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. He's like, I agree. I watched the coverage last night, and we looked at each other and kind of smiled because we both watched, you know, reruns of that Saturday round. So uh, we focused on that, and you know. It came down to the last hole where you needed a birdie. Obviously, saw his there, had a blunder. But that's how it works on TJ Tour. You got to get lucky to win these tournaments, and you got to get breaks. And and we did that round, and it paid off. So it was it was it was a good stepping stone moving forward. And then the next tournament, you know, we we went at at a very good field at Scottish. So yeah, the that that I felt like uh, Sahith's caddy didn't do him any favors there in that bunker. It just looked. It just didn't look like a positive outcome was going to come from that. I felt like everybody was just amped up on that group. Yeah, that's the tough part because I mean, there's times in tournaments where you just kind of like black out. You know, you don't you don't even know what you said during that time or anything like. That. I, I I didn't watch exactly how it went down. I was on the tee box watching everything, and I'm like, I think he just left it in the bunker. I didn't oh. think that because I know. I did not want to tell him that, but there's someone in the crowd that, you know, yelled, Sahith's going to make double. He's choking. (laughs) God. (laughs) It's like, like, oh, dude, come on. Like, this is a tough drive because if you miss it right, you're laying up the rough so thick and that left bunker. Obviously, we saw what happened. So I'm just like, just hit the fairway and it's a birdie hole because it's a lob wedge in, you know? So, uh, yeah, so you just got to kind of shut it out and he does a very good job job at that, but they do hear that stuff, you know? So it's unfortunate that people yell stuff like that or like, Oh, this putt's going to break more than you think. Oh, um, right. I'm just like, Oh God, here we go. And right. it doesn't far, like we miss it low and then they're like, told you. And then it's just like, great. It looks like Xander hits like a little low fade. Is that is that his to go thing there? Yeah. So that tournament, when it was come when he was coming down the stretch, he was telling me, "I'm trying to hit everything off the heel, just to get a little more spin, a little more control." Because once you start hitting it off the toe, you get kind of you could get that right block miss, or you can get this low just duck. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I'm trying to hit everything off the heel and hit just a one yard cut." 
So that was that's kind of been like in college, he didn't hit a single cut, not with a single club. So that's how his game has evolved. He's so you know confident in hitting just a 260 yard driver cut that just runs, you know. So his game has evolved more than anything I've seen, you know. And all these, even you know, I watch players very closely out here, and a lot of them just have like a stock go to shot. They're very good, but once they get that, you know, they can hit both shots, hit high, low. That's when they evolve, and they could win any tournament. I know, I know a lot about that toe, low, duck hook, don't I, Todd? How <laughs> oh, do I? How oh, do I? Yeah. I got to aim about 30 yards to the right just to make it in the middle of the fairway. Yeah. I feel that one. All right. So this is uh, – so this President's Cup, this will be your third big kind of team event. Is that is that right? Yeah, we've done one President's, one rider, and this will be our second President's. So what would you say is the biggest difference between the two? Uh, there's really, so I haven't played a president's on, I mean, we played it in Melbourne, Australia, which was the comeback we had was something that I will remember forever. And Tiger being our captain, it was the most epic week ever, but, um, the Ryder cup just seems so much bigger, you know, like just the, I wouldn't say the, cause the team we played at Melbourne was very good. You know, you had a lot of young guns, Sung JM, Neiman, you know, you had Ustazen, you had Adam Scott. So, I mean, that team was very good. So, but the Ryder Cup just seemed different. I don't know what it was. It was just a bigger event. You know what I remember about Melbourne? Patrick Reed getting yelled at and there yeah. being an altercation with a fan. That's what I remember. It was yeah. kind of, I think it came right off the heels of one of his cheating scandals, but one yeah. of the many. I'm his, his caddy, his caddy shoved a bunch of beers in somebody's face or something. Well, I yeah. think they were, I think they were coming at him. So his caddy did the right thing. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, he had his boys back, which you want, you know, like if someone came up to Xander and was saying some stuff, like I would expect myself to, you know, either get him kicked out or, you know, I don't want to say something back and be, you know, but right. I still, still got to have my players back. And what we heard was we were on the course and Fred Cubbles came up to us, to me, and he goes, yeah, Kessler just got kicked out. I'm like, <laughs> he goes, yeah, apparently punched someone. And I'm like, okay, this is just, <laughs> this is wild. So then I see Kessler like in the caddy lounge after. I'm like, dude, what happened? Like, he goes, oh, I just pushed a guy. I'm like, so you didn't punch someone? And they're like, no. So that's just rumor mill for you. It's like high school out there, you know, sometimes. Fucking Freddie Couples. Fucking yeah. Freddie Couples. What the hell is with that guy? <laughs> God, Fred, the, God. Fred, one of my favorite people too. He is hilarious. He's so laid back. Talk about so. he's my childhood golf hero. That's for sure. Yeah, he is the man. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, we ask this to everybody, and I, I I don't want to put you on the spot, and you're probably going to say nothing but great things. But uh, give me just a little bit of your insight into Patrick Reed. <sighs> okay, I'm going to say this. Uh, oh, I, I like I it. Like, Patrick has never. I'll probably get in trouble for this, but we'll see. Patrick has never done anything bad to me. Never, you know, I've always been very friendly with him. His brother-in-law, Kessler, who's his caddy, has been awesome to me. But a lot of people just seem to just not get along with his wife. It's all his wife. Justine. And I'm going to say that I, Justine is out there a lot. And it's just like, I just hear so many bad things. But then I see Patrick and I'm like, this guy's really nice. Like, mm. I don't why he gets such a bad rep he's a competitor but obviously you hear stuff and you're just like i mean i'm trying to give this guy the benefit of the doubt but then you just hear stuff and i'm like you know so i don't know 
that's all I'm going to say on that. I, no, that's totally good. And I actually, yeah. <clears throat> that's probably one of the most in line with how we feel about Patrick Reed answers that we've gotten that's on this the, podcast. The association with who you're married to. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah there you it, go. And the shit he's done, it's just, you know, at the farmers pushing the ball down, pulling it out, marking a tee. Come look at this. It was, you know, embedded. It's like that shit, dude. You have to stop. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not idiots. So the yeah. only the only reason I brought it up now is because I mean it, it was dovetailed into this. But was there any was there much talk about him not being on the Ryder Cup team in twenty twenty one? Uh, <laughs> not really. <laughs> like a lot of guys weren't upset. You know, with everything mm. that was going on. But you know. If he was on a team, it was like, hey, he's on the team. Like, we got to get one week where we just all get together. But what's funny is, I think like two weeks after that, Justine wore a full-on Ryder Cup gear to like a random tournament. I don't know what. I think it was like Zozo or something. Like, I don't know. Literally was head-to-toe in Ryder Cup gear. It's just like a F you to the tour, you know? And I'm just like, Jesus. I mean, this is the shit we're talking about. This is why. Mm. No, get along with her and, you know. So Austin, I got to tell you, man, the, the honesty that's coming out of you is very refreshing and I love it. The fact that you're like, I might get in trouble for saying this. And then you say it, you're my kind of man. You're my kind of (laughs) man. I'm not going to be, you know, with Patrick being on live now, I'm not going to see him too often, but Kessler, I do like, I, you know, I get along with Kess so much that it's like, you know, he's stuck in the middle of it and he's kind of guilty by association. Like I was saying, Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's your team reflects who you are and vice versa. And it's like, man, he's getting a bad rep for, for something he has no control over. So, so I've seen, um, I've seen him swing a golf club. Uh, I believe like the masters par three tournament, you guys probably, you know, the the caddies and his golf swing is so atrocious. It's so bad. And he's like one of the most athletic dudes. Like he played like cornerback in college. Like he played basketball. Wow. And I'm like, are you good at golf? He's like, yeah, I'm all right. And I said, no. <laughs> what I can't break 80. There's zero chance. So, but he golfs like nonstop on the road. Like it, he is, oh. he golfs at least three times a week. Oh, shit. Was, I'm like, I've never go, I think I've golfed once when I was on the road, you know, I just rented a rental set and played, but yeah, it's not a good swing. And I'm like, man, this guy's athletic. He should be just like striping it, you know? Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of caddies golf swings, and I'm impressed by a lot of caddies golf swings. His for sure is not one of them. I don't think I've ever seen you swing a golf swing. Um, are you left-handed or right-handed? I'm righty, and I have probably the tightest hips in this nation right now. <laughs> so, um, so, like in college, I just flip hook everything. I mean, I, I get the ball. I played – uh, last week for Joe Griner's bachelorette party, Joe Griner caddies for Maxoma. Yeah, right. And I was hitting drives like three ten, like I was just sending it. But then I get an iron in my hand, and I just I have no control. But I, you can ask a couple people out on tour. Like I've hit some chips where they're like, "Dude, that's you have the sickest hands on tour." Like that's the only thing that saved my game in college was my chipping. Like I could get it up and down from anywhere. So, but I couldn't hit an eight iron on the green to save my life. So. Do, you, do you have a handicap right now? I don't. I would say I'm probably like a plus one or scratch. Somewhere oh, in there. Yeah, somewhere in there. <laughs> Very nice. nice. The yeah, Brian, feel, but not not like I used to, you know. Mm-hmm. Brian Martin told us a funny story about him playing with Griner, and I I think you were there, and it was over COVID, and Griner after 
the round was like, why am I changing my swing in the yeah. middle of COVID? And just tomahawks a golf club down the <laughs> Brian is the best caddy golfers on, like, he'll shoot under par every round. Like, wow. just dinks it, hits it like 240. So I give him shit nonstop. Like, dude, I, I fly you by 40. Like, he's like, yeah, but I beat you every round. I'm like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the funny part was everybody changes their swing in COVID because what, what else are you going to do? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I get videos from Joe all the time of him just grinding. He has a putting green in his backyard, and he's just, like, hitting a million putts. I'm like, dude, you need a hobby, like, a different hobby. Like, <laughs> figure something else out. He's like, dude, I love golf. And I'm like, man. And I, 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 I tell people all the time, I hate golf. Like, I golf six times a year. Like, Wow. Plenty. Yeah, I, I barely golf. You, so you didn't I, let, let's golf let's is, let's rephrase that. You probably you don't hate golf. Clearly, you love golf. You love being love with Xander golf. on the golf course, but you don't like playing golf. I that's correct. Like <laughs> I, I watch golf, and you know, obviously, it pays my bills, so I don't hate golf. But man, I get out there and I play like two days in a row, and my body like breaks down, and I'm like losing it, and I'm like, why am I out here? Why I hate this? Like this is miserable. <laughs> but I'll go watch Xander hit balls all day, you know. But Man, yeah. So Griner best to me every once in a while, but I do hit it forty-five past him. So that's my that's my claim (laughs) claim to right there. So, so I I gotta tell you, there's got to they they've got to do something and get all the caddies and have a tournament. Yeah, so they're trying to start that Uh, the tournament in Mexico, the Vedante or whatever it was. Uh huh. Had a big event, and the winner guy I think got four thousand. And next year is going to be twenty thousand dollars to the winner. Oh wow, four thousand dollars! That's how much uh, Matt Kuchar pays his caddies in Mexico, right? Oh, boom. <laughs> ow, ow, ow. Sorry, I had to throw that one in there. Oh man, yeah. So <laughs> that is the I fly down for that just to, to go play it. So yeah, there you we'll go. See. We'll see. All right, so with the President's Cup, so. Just tell us something a little bit like you guys, it's the 25th. We're like 14 days out or something. Uh, what what goes on? Do you get paid for it? Have they given you stuff? Uh, do they say show up at the airport? We got a jet. Tell us a little bit about it. So um, we get a stipend, which they just upped. Last year, I think it was like $5,000. And this year is like ten. So we get $10,000 stipend just to cover, you know, our week off. And they pay it. For a first class ticket, it's not private unless you're flying with your pl- uh, player. You know, if Sander wanted to fly out of Vegas and fly all the way there, I could jump on with him and they'll cover some of those costs. But I just got like a first class ticket, um, you know, American Sunday, you know, this coming Sunday and I'll get in Sunday night. And then it's amazing when you land, you get to the hotel. Obviously, there's transportation for you. They pick you up. You know, you get treated great into your hotel room and everything's laid out for you like there's six outfits they're all coinciding to what day you know you're wearing it a bunch of swag you get i mean probably about five thousand dollars worth of gear six thousand dollars they sent me a care package i got actually yesterday with just like a bunch of little stuff in it just saying congrats on making it you know so it is cool like the, the treatment's awesome. It feels like you're like in the NBA, you know, you would expect those guys walk into the room. Everything's laid out for them. They don't have to think about anything. So which yeah. was, which, which swag bags and stuff has been bigger, the writer or the president's? Uh, I would say the writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but it was different because being in Melbourne, like they didn't want us to travel with like, you know, sometimes they'll give you like two suitcases, like, you know, say president's cup name on it, like nice club glove gear. That's, you know, like $300 per bag. Um, and then you kind of fill those up. So in Melbourne, it was kind of hard because everyone, you know, just traveled and they're traveling, trying to travel back. So with a lot of stuff, they make it hard. But I mean, you get a bunch of stuff that you just like hats and all sorts of stuff. You know, I, I give most of it away um, mm. kind of like to, to auctions and charities and stuff that that could use it. But the whole week is just like first class. Uh, that sounds nice. Are you going to take your spousal unit? Yes, she will be. She'll come fly in probably like maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, I think. Um, but it's like the the spouse, I think, benefits the most from it. They like walk in the ropes. They eat with, you know, they everyone eats together. Everyone's, you know, one unit. So it's it's a week where, you know, like caddies aren't separated from the players. Like we're oh, all fun. The, so it's an awesome experience for the wives. Like they're all they all know each other. So they all you know, get to do stuff like when we're playing and practice rounds, they'll go to the spa. They have like wife days and I mean, they're living the life, you know, so. Is she going business or first? She's going first. Yeah. <laughs> we Which think. Is, like being, luckily being in the States, I think a thousand bucks each way. So mm. yeah, I spoiled her. She can, she has her one week a year where she gets pampered and you know. Nice. Where do the dogs go? The dog, we have a dog sitter that comes in and, and stays here, and it's amazing. Like, they they get to be home. They don't have to. Sometimes we'll take them to a boarding place that we know, the owner. Mm. That's nice, but it, when they're home, it's nice because they're, you know, they're not freaking out. And Absolutely. Dry. Happy dogs, and, you know, you know they're taken care of. Yep. Like all of them, they're, they're our children. And you don't have children yet, correct? No. No, just dogs. My wife's a vet veterinarian, so it's like she cares a lot about her dogs. So I think if it was between me or the dog, she'd boot me out of the house in a heart. So, <laughs> I should I send can. my I should send my dog down to your house. <laughs> yeah, you'll not want to leave for sure. It's spoiled. So that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, Coil Hollow, uh, have you caddied there before? I'm- yeah, we played four events there. Oh, nice. Including yeah, so we know the course quite a bit, which is nice. You know, we don't have to fly in two days earlier and prep it out. And it makes it easier on me because, you know, when we play new courses, it's a full day's work before mm-hmm. I even, you know, see him. So that'll be nice. You know, everyone that's on our team has played there, I think, except for Colin and uh, Cameron Young. I don't, I'm not sure if Cam Young has played there or not, but I know Colin hasn't. So everyone else has played there. So that's kind of nice. Nice. So do you get there and you just like start scouting the course with a bunch of the other caddies? Yeah. So they sent out a, a, a basically itinerary. We needed to be there by Monday. And, you know, I'm, I like getting there early, at least seeing nine holes just to kind of get my brain working, especially mm-hmm. after weeks off, four weeks off. And I just like going to get my brain working, seeing how the course is playing. If it's, if it's, you know, firm, if it's soft. Um, so I, I at least, especially for majors, like majors, I'm there at least Saturday, you know, if I can be. And then I'll scope all Sunday, and Xander usually gets in Sunday night. So I'll have a full day of, you know, prep and, and whatnot. So nice. Very cool. I, I can see the, you know, the fuzziness because probably last night you had to uh, knock back a few more watching the Broncos. Oh, God. <laughs> And I, I, I saw where you're a Broncos fan and, you know, you got Russell, the love muscle, which, you know, he came from Seattle, great quarterback. He was not the problem. 
No. You're, you're ding dong coach. And I don't think with the time coming off the clock was the problem. It was the not going for it on or calling a screenplay on second down. Yeah. You know, how'd that go for you last night? I was not happy. We had my best friend and his his girlfriend were over last night, and I was just not saying anything after the game. I was pissed. You know, they were trying to get out of my house. Like, I'm going to lose. So I, I take my games very seriously. I yell. Like, I mean, I'm surprised I haven't had the cops called on me for for noise complaints. But it was tough. You know, I look back, too, and I'm like, our coach was just not it. But not even, like, that game. It was more of, like, not letting them play in preseason because they look so rusty, you know, like at least play one set in preseason just to get them in full speed to get them thinking. And they didn't play not one starter played, you know, a, a set in, in preseason. The final preseason but, game, you got to yeah. play the first quarter. Everybody has to go out and get hit in the face. Yeah, you got to, you know, and then we just look so ru- I mean, you can't give up two fumbles on our, you know, their one yard line. Absolutely. We won that game 31 to 17, but. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Well, I mean, Todd, Todd and I both wish you would have because we're Rams fans. We hate the Seahawks, uh, and we live in Portland. Everybody's like, why do you hate the Seahawks? I'm like, because I hate Seattle. I mean, it's this rival between Portland and Seattle. It's just you grow yeah. up. I was a Blazer fan. There's the Sonics, and you just can't you just can't root for Seattle sports. My dad is a massive Seattle fan. He grew up in Oregon. He Where at? Me. Bitch, like this is not it. Where did this he grow is... up? He grew up in Coos Bay. Oh, okay. Oh. Down by abandoned dunes. Yeah. So he grew up there until he was like 17 and moved down to California. But he gave me some shit and I gave myself some shit. So it was a tough night. Thanks for reminding Sorry about that. Well, and the, I have the Broncos in like a season long, you know, a pool and. All my other teams came through, and and the Broncos should have come. I should have been five and zero. So, yeah, I'm sorry. So, what was the biggest celebratory party you've ever been to after a win? Uh, it was definitely the Ryder Cup this year. I mean, that I was hammered before I even got on the the bus, <laughs> the bus to go back to the hotel where the far, the party officially started. So. I think Xander, that's the drunkest I've seen him since college. Uh, he turned on a new level that I've never seen. And everyone, like, everyone's like, whoa, where's this coming from? He stayed out till 5 a.m. Good for him. Oh, dang. I player on the U.S. team awake, and I'm just like, what is going on? We went to we went to the – well, we get there. Everyone's drinking. And uh, our party's kind of lame. I'm not going to lie. Like, we're playing, like, cornhole inside, which is fun and all, but, like, I heard these things are like dance parties, like everyone drinking, playing beer pong, like just wild. And then we go over, you know, we peek into the European side and they're just sending it. You know, they got three kegs of Guinness. They imported from Ireland that that morning. They are Tony Finau is on the table who Tony doesn't drink at all, like not a lick of alcohol being Mormon. He's on a table just pouring water on himself looking like magic mike oh my and we're god going on like people are videoing it like this is the <laughs> weird thing like the teams are all together everyone's like wrestling on bean bags i'm like this is the weirdest thing i've ever been part of this <laughs> that's awesome that is awesome it was wild i mean i think i was out to like three i tapped out xander kept going i'm like man the it, it, i saw a great little uh 
tweet story of uh, Shane Lowry and his entourage. And they're like, I'm so-and-so. This is my first drink. Yeah. And, Bri- and Brian Beaumartin, his caddy, was like, yeah, this is my first Guinness. And then they showed him on his last one. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. I'm drunk. Get the fuck out of my face. Yeah, that's exactly how he is, too. I ran into him in the airport once, and he's going home after, like, a long stretch. And he was fucked up like i've never seen anyone i'm surprised they let him on the plane to be honest (laughs) and that's how he is he's just like cussing and he's just hilarious to be around but man yeah i saw that video too and i'm like yep that's bo i love it i love it i'm a big fan of shane lowry and anybody that's sticking to the dp and the the pga tour yeah he's, he's a good guy so did anybody uh from the live contact xander and his people oh yeah I'm pretty sure they've contacted everyone in the top 50 for sure to do their due diligence, which they should, you know, if you're trying to start up that you should be trying to get top 50 players in the world. Um, They definitely hit him and they hit up Patrick Cantlay and, you know, and they've had many meetings with them and it's still, it's just like what they say to us is like, I don't, you know, I don't know if it could be, it's taken with a grain of salt, honestly, because I don't really know. I, when it first started coming out, we're like, oh, we're going to make announcements of our first 10 signees. And then two months later, they finally came out with it. So it's like, who knows what to expect? You know, Xander just wants to play good golf. He wants to play against the best. So, you know, if Liv ends up coming out and, you know, being the best tour, it's like, how can these guys not leave? You know, like they want to play against the best. And the thing that's holding Liv back is world ranking points. Like if they get world ranking points, it's going to be a serious situation. But if they don't get those, it's, it's going to, I mean, I wouldn't say it's going to fall apart, but it's going to be like that secondary tour where all these old guys are going to go and, you know, collect. You can't, you can't get points. There's no cut. You can't get on. You can't play your way into the stupid thing. It's stupid. Yeah. There's no way they're going to get points from my eyes. I don't know how they're going to legitimize it, but like I said, it's like, as long as we have our core, you know, top 20 guys that aren't going to leave, it's like PGA tour is still going to be the best place to play. So yeah, we'll see what happens moving forward. But it, it's good for us because, I mean, caddies are benefiting the most, like regardless, like right. a tenfold if this, you know, this competition keeps heating up. So it's good for business. Good for me. But, you know, it's, it is a lot of side side note bullshit. But no, I mean, and we, I'm just I don't like it. But if you're going to go over there, just go the fuck over there and play your yeah. golf and do your thing. But don't yeah. don't sue people. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just like, what are we doing? Like, why are we starting a lawsuit? It's like, just go do your thing. Like, Dustin, Dustin's doing it right. Like, he just went over. He said, fuck it. Like, I've I've won my majors, and I've, I'm just here to collect. I want to play golf 15 times a year, which, good for him. Like, good, do you, man. Like, he's not, made, you know, creating a ruckus, so. I mean, yeah. but, but come on. I want to take care of my family. <laughs> what do you mean? Your family's fine. Yeah, they're fine, regardless. <laughs> I like I like Bryson DeChambeau. He's like, I want to take care of my future family. I'm like, what yeah. what does that even mean? Girlfriend, but we'll just go there. But <laughs> what'd you just say? <laughs> his girlfriend? Yeah, he's like, Oh, I got you know, trying to you know, his family. And I'm like, What family is he talking about? Like yeah, his Instagram girlfriend. So I don't know what he's talking about, but whatever. Whatever he <laughs> I love oh, yeah. your honesty, dude. I have got yeah. to tell you. I mean, we're just two dudes that we just met you and you're, I mean, you're just laying it out there. I love it. I love the fact that you're just all out there 
And I mean, he, that's the he, kind of person I am. So, and yeah. he hasn't said anything that's that isn't worthy or people have said or thought. Yeah. So, yeah. no, I appreciate that. Todd, do you want to ask him about the golf ring? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you, uh, uh Xander, he gifted you a, a gold ring. Tell us about yeah. that. Let me go actually see if I got oh, it. Oh, sweet. Oh, we got it. Nice. Uh, we're talking. Yeah. People were like, well, why don't you wear it all the time? I'm like, no, it's like a, it's like, does Xander wear the gold medal all the time? No. <laughs> yeah, Chris, right. Chris, screenshot that. Hey, I'll get it, dude. When you I, see get, it. I got it. So he got this for me because, you know, I didn't get a medal. And, you know, it's actually him and his dad that kind of thought about this. Um, and they ordered it for me, which is awesome. But, hey, let's see. There we go. Let's flip this. There we go. So you can see it's not really zooming in. But it has like the Tokyo Olympics. That's a that is a solid piece That's of metal. awesome. Precious yeah. metal right there, dude. Very cool. Yeah, so it's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So yeah, it was awesome. Like when I got it, I kind of got teared. You know, I teared up a little bit because it it just for them to like, you know, know it's special for me too, and them get me my own little piece. I was like, damn, this is awesome. It's like yeah. great to be on you know so yeah, very cool i like that so it was it was cool it's very nice of them so yeah all right dude well you're one of the biggest names in the caddy business as far as i'm concerned who was your, who was your mentor uh i do have a couple you know um i don't know if you guys know brett waldman mm-hmm. uh, he was a guy that kind of pushed me you know a lot of you know, he's a really good golfer as well, but he kind of pushed me to like, you know, just be a better caddy because our rookie year, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Like I was, I was 23 years old on the PGA tour. You know, I wasn't really walking courses because we were playing so much that it was like, we played eight, 10 weeks in a row. So I couldn't get to course early and like, look at them, you know, so I had to go out and just kind of grind. So he kind of came up with a system that I kind of altered and you know, I have like my own little system now that seems to work for, you know, Xander and his understanding of golf courses. So, uh, there's that guy Griner, you know, I, I, I caddy with him quite a bit and we stay together a lot. Um, another guy named Dave Pelicutis guys for Bo Hostler right now. We all kind of stick together and, you know, we talk about game plan together and we just kind of eat dinners together. So it's like, you know, and I could ask like any veteran, I've talked to bones about masters and Augusta and how to kind of play around there and um but some of the veterans are just you know they're they're very easy to approach and just ask you know michael greller i've kind of picked his brain um it's just more of picking up things that they do like i'll watch coverage and i love when they like you know i could hear what the the player and caddies are saying just to kind of know what to say because that's all caddying is it's saying the right thing at the right time you know and not being not being afraid to just to veto him if, if i need be you know so it's that's what most of caddying is you know you can know your stuff as much as you want but if you're not going to say anything at the right time it doesn't matter yeah, yeah so. it's it's a fun thing for all of us to watch is these interactions and uh, a lot of the announcers are good about like shut the fuck up these guys are talking let's figure out let's see what they're going through right now and when you see a bad one of a caddy like their player is finally there for the first time and you can see everybody's nervous you can feel it you can see it it is not helpful yeah and it's tough like like you said like your mind starts getting ahead of itself especially you know in big tournaments it's like damn this is 
there's a lot on the line right now. So it's like, how do I not fuck up? But uh, you shouldn't be thinking that way. You should be thinking, what can I say that will help this kid get it to the spot I need him to get it to? You know what I'm saying? So absolutely. That's literally all caddying is. And that's kind of what I've come to realize. Like there's caddies. And then what's funny is Patrick Cantley will tell me like jokingly, but it's not, but it is a joke. He'll say, there's no such thing as a good caddy. There's caddies and there's bad caddies. So that's like, that's like, <laughs> wow. like I'm sorry, like, Patrick, Jesus. You son of a bitch. Yes. Yeah. So. so what's your favorite uh, tournament and favorite course? Two different Capu- things. The best. Like, I love going to Kapalua to start my year off. I'm usually about 20 pounds overweight because we haven't played in about two weeks. And then I got to walk, or two years, two months, sorry. And then I got to walk 15 miles up and down a mountain. So, but it, you look up on the seventh hole and the views you see are just like, holy shit, this is amazing. You know, so that course I really don't like caddying shockingly is, is the masters. Like it's so stressful that week because the wind is just everywhere. You know, you got wind swirling, you got to know your stuff more than ever. And it's, I'm, I'm there at the course from 7am to 7pm, like sun up till sun dark, just trying to get the course figured out, you know, cause there's so much to it, you know, and they don't like giving, you know, there's no like greens books, anything like that. So it's very old school. Um, so there's no, there's no, oh, but there's yardage books, right? For there is, but so like none of them have slopes in it and you know, Augusta, yeah. Slopes. So you have to get all your slopes. You have to, there's no runouts. So you got to kind of know your lines and how we you know what runouts are and what lines, uh, the greens themselves are just very tricky. So a lot of caddies will try to, that the pins don't change much. So they try to find the straight to almost every pin. So there's a lot of work behind it, you know, and it's, I shouldn't say I don't like caddying there. It's just, I don't really look forward to it because it is a challenge to me, but it's like, I like the challenge. I've always been someone who wants to work their ass off and like figure things out. But it's just like, at the end of the week, I'm just dead. Like Mm. I, I'm like, holy shit, that was an exhausting week. That's what we love about watching it is it's, you know, the grind the it seems like if you're hitting it straight and where you want it's not the hardest golf course on no. the planet but the the cheese yeah just starts to bind i'll tell you yeah. what austin um <clears throat> next april i don't have anything going on so if you uh, want to take a week off i mean okay i'm <laughs> i you got my number look me up i'll be more than happy to fly out to augusta and Maybe take you that guys on can do a job share program <laughs> yeah you can be yeah, a firefighter for a few few days and i'll just uh, be a caddy there you go that'll go well for me <laughs> all right You'll dude be fine you'll come work with me i'll i'll take care i'll take care of you yeah. uh so, so 20, 2019 masters give us a little bit of insight into that tiger won now or yeah that's tiger's year right yeah tiger i think xander was one of the runner-ups right up with Dustin and Brooks and mm-hmm. it was kind of one of those events where you, you fit, we finished and we were very close to winning. Um, we didn't really have any blunders coming in. I mean, we went par, 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 which 17, 18 are really hard, but 16, I felt like has been our nemesis. Obviously you saw what happened two years ago against Hideki. Oh man. Um, that was tough for us. Obviously that's, that's one of the scenarios I'm talking about was we talked to bones about that whole, and the, it's so like swirly in that little cove that you, you know, you got to look at the flag on 15 and you got to just play whatever the flag is. So the, the flag is just pumping downwind. We hit a seven iron into 15, the, the hole before. So we're like, dude, it's playing short. So, I mean, it was 182 yards. His eight iron out there goes 180. So it was like not even a, 
you know, at first it was like, oh, could it be a seven iron cut in there or is it a hard draw eight? You know, and, you know, he hits this shot and you could just see the wind just fucking switch. And I'm just like, oh, no. And he's, it's right at the flag. I mean, we we're trying to go a little right of it and feed it in, but I think he pulled it a little bit. And some people said he chunked it. I, he said he hit it good. So I trust obviously his feeling, but man, it was, it went in. I'm just like, are you kidding me? And then we drop. And then, you know, we're sitting there with 154 yards of the hole. And it's like, well, we just got hurt on the last shot. So we play pretty much a touch of hurt, 160-yard shot. Because if you go just past, it'll come back. It flies the green. So he's like, okay. what the fuck? Like, we're like, all right. So it was help at some point because he just hit a nine iron 170 yards, you know. So it's like, that's that's where I'm getting at. And I'm just like, this is just so mm-hmm. hard to catch. It's just, there's so much too and then you see guys just dominate there and it's just like man that that was the tournament Hideki hitting over that green almost rinsing and then getting it up to the edge of the green and getting up and down I felt like when he was back there this was going to be a double bogey for sure yeah and I told hit the fairway and I told Xander I'm like that's the best thing that could happen he's like why we're walking up to our shot he had a Xander had a perfect drive seven iron in, like I said, and Hideki kind of hit a bad drive, but it was dead center fairway. And I'm like, he's going to go for it. And he goes, no, he's not. He's going to lay up. He's like a four shot lead at this point. Right. Like, no chance you're going for this. Like if <laughs> I'm like giving Xander a wedge and I'm like, all right, you're laying up. And I'm like, he's going to go for it. And this green is very hard to hit with anything more than a seven iron right now. Cause it was downwind, like I said, and the greens were getting very firm. So I'm like, he's going to go for it. So he hits this shot and it's, right over the flag and i'm like oh my god oh my god hits the back and just takes off and i'm like see i told you and and he's like holy shit what the fuck so then he hits a seven iron we intentionally hit it into the right bunker because that was all we had like we were hoping it hit front green and chase it on a little bit but you can't fly it five short of that pin so we just kind of aim for the bunker and he almost hold his bunker shot but like i said i was like Wow. I mean, it's like a chess match out there when you, when you're coming down the stretch. So nice. All right, dude. So let's, we're going to wrap some things up here. So give us some predictions for uh, Xander and you for 2022 and 2023. Uh, He's going to have minimum two wins minimum. And then he's going to get his major this year. I think he is, this is our first year where we've used the same ball throughout the entire year. So a lot of people don't know that, you know, it's like, we kind of kind of mess with equipment since we went from uh tailor made to Callaway. And then now we're finally just like dialed with his Callaway equipment. Like we've, they've done a great job of getting him fit into stuff that, you know, is perfect for his game. And this is the first time we've used the ball throughout the entire year. So his stats this year were way better than any other year he's ever had. They were just more consistent top to bottom. You know, his, his approach was the best we've ever had. His uh, wedge game was the best he's ever had. His around the green was the best he ever had. The only stat that kind of fell off was uh, was putting slightly. Um, we were always top 20, and I think this year he's top 26. So driving wasn't as good as it always has been, but like as a whole, his stats are just amazing. So I think he's going to be trending and, and competing in a lot more events this year. I like okay. it. I, I'm ready for this guy to break through and win some majors and go crazy. Yeah, me too. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, Austin, so much uh so much appreciate your time. 
Uh, I'm going to stop recording here in just a second. So stick around. Uh, we just want to chat with you a little bit afterwards. But uh, again, thank you so much for your time. I'm sure our fans are going to love it. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, I hope that everybody enjoyed that interview. It was certainly a pleasure for us to be able to get some time with one of the PJ Tours best caddies out there uh, in Austin Kaiser. Um, yeah, let's just wrap this up, Todd. We got ding dongs and trunk slammers. Um, who do you think the ding dong of the week is? Well, we talked a little bit about it, but it's Greg Norman and Pat Reed from the Live Network. Greg Norman going all Donald Trump's in the Ford Network. <laughs> competing they're banging on our door i mean i i'll no they're not i'll vote i'll vote for patrick reed all week long but what uh or every week what what did he do he he got on a podcast and said that the media has painted him as a black hat it's all the media's fault okay there's another ding dong jeez bro <laughs> i think so. i think that's a good package ding dong right there what uh what's a black hat for those of us uh that don't know todd villain oh a villain so a villain yeah i think i think he kind of helped himself paint that black hat so oh absolutely um what about trunk slammers i noticed a a gentleman by the name of taylor low uh went out and fired a little 8180 to uh miss the cut i'm sure you could hear his trunk slam in the parking lot when he was finished oh my gosh yeah yeah it's pretty rare you see somebody the pj tour shooting the 80s let alone two days in a row I, I pushed on his name on I'm on ESPN. I pushed on his name. Like yeah. if you push on Danny Lee, you'll see a picture of Danny mm-hmm. or yeah or Ling Mirth. Taylor Lowe is just like this gray outline of a head and oh, shoulders. Yeah, he must have been a Monday qualifier. Is my guess? Couldn't even couldn't even take his picture. My guess he's a Monday qualifier. Maybe be playing. He might be playing like on the Canadian tour or something. I bet. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But wow. Either way, buddy, you're the trunk slammer this week. Had a kid. You got anything else, man? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. No. I hope that. What about uh, you? What about you? You got something? Um, I don't think so. I mean, you're putting me on the spot. I didn't think about this. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I don't have anything else. Uh, I'm just looking for a little bit of R&R tonight. Uh, get up early and watch some softball tomorrow and maybe some college football and then go back to work for a couple of days. So the, back to the grind. I think after we got done with our recorded interview with Austin, I said, hey, it's getting close to dinner time. You got to get in the kitchen and make your wife something to eat, you know, for dinner because she's a vet and she's probably at work saving dogs lives. And he kind of indicated now no. he doesn't cook. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it would be interesting to find out what happened. As often dinner. as he's gone, I bet she's just got her own routine. Like she probably come home, comes home from work and makes her own dinner and forgets that he's even there. And then he comes up. He's like, hey, where's my dinner? He's like, oh, shit. I forgot you were even here. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Dude, that guy was phenomenal. I mean, the... To take the time out of his day, he's got he's a PGA Tour caddy. On he's carrying the bag for one of the top players in the entire world. He's gonna be he's gonna be caddying at the Presidents Cup. Caddies in the Masters every year. He caddies in the Ryder Cup. I mean, he, the guy is a stud. And to take time out of his day for us 
and is so down to earth, so genuine, so so amazing. It was such 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 a great interview. So yeah, I agree. All right, dude, I'm going to close this out. I'm going to close this right. out in the uh, way that uh, Austin Kaiser probably would. So be good, humans. Everyone have a great week, except for Justine Reed. Yeah. <laughs>